Welcome to a new spin on autism. Answers with host and international speaker and performer, Lynette Louise. Besides working on her doctorate in psychophysiology, Lynette has raised eight children, six adopted, and four of them falling somewhere on the autism spectrum. Laugh with her, cry with her, as she talks to both experts and parents and takes you through the often confusing, sometimes frustrating, sometimes overwhelming, but always fascinating world of autism. Hello and a merry, merry, merry welcome. This is a new spin on autism. Answers. I'm Lynette Louise, your story teacher host, and today is going to be a wonderful day because we're going to go where nobody else has ever gone before into something completely obscure and not necessarily related to autism. No, I promise. I promise that at the very end of the show, at Stories from the Road, I will tie it all together and make it have something to do with your child, your life, your situation. I promise. And just before that, we're going to have a really special, okay, 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 the great guest giveaway, because I am going to give you something for Christmas, or Hanukkah, or holidays, or whatever it is that you celebrate. Speaking of all the different ways of addressing the holidays, I have a favorite house on the street that I live near. I have a favorite house on the street near me. It's a house where they've taken all of the Hanukkah... I'm going to do that again. I have a favorite house on a street near me. They've taken all of the Star of David Hanukkah type of decoration and they've, they've just put it all over outside and it's bright and it's lit and it's gorgeous. And then they've taken Santa Claus and they've put that all outside and they've got globes and they've got sparkles and they've got Christmas, uh, you know, the spirit of Christmas everywhere. And then they've got baby Jesus all over outside. It is what we like to call every time we pass by that house. We call it the Chrisica house (laughs) because they went, you know what? It's a holiday for everybody. And they said it loud and they said it proud. And I love it. I love it when we embrace every culture, every religion, every human being on the planet because we are all one at the very end of it. You know, we're all one thing. And with that in mind, I'm going to return to something that I did last Christmas, last December, last Hanukkah, last holiday, um, winter holiday. I spoke with a young man from Uganda. And we talked about his journey and what his life had been like. And it was about gratitude. It was about recognizing how blessed we are and how many challenges other people have and how easy it is for us to get stuck in our story of autism and say, woe is me. It's sometimes good to just have a look at someone else's life. So we talked and we chatted, and and it was a wonderful show, and I invite you to go back and listen to it because you will know this man that we are going to talk to much more um, intimately if you do that because we're not going to talk about that sort of thing today. We are going to talk to him, though. It's the first time I've returned to the same guest, so that's kind of fun for me. Um, And I like that it's a theme, that it's uh, talking to the same person just before we all celebrate. So I want to say hello and welcome to David from Uganda. Hi, David. Hey, Lynette. How are you doing? 
I'm doing really well. And to begin with, I want you to say your last name. I didn't want to mess it up. So it's David... Kabogoza. See, I couldn't have done it. I'm going to try. David Kabogoza. Yeah, uh, that's right. Oh, thank you. So the, the thing that's really interesting right now for you all to know is that because of the way I record this show, I've got him stuck in my bedroom while I'm in the room that he's using in my house right now <laughs> because David's here visiting from Uganda. When I first met him, he was visiting from Uganda, but not me. He was at a workshop learning some video techniques, some editing, and, and I was at the same workshop, and we met, and I said, hey, you know, do you want to save some money by staying at my house? So I gave him a room, and he stayed for a few days, and then he went back to Uganda, and since then it's blossomed into a wonderful friendship. I've gone to Uganda. I've worked with a family there. We're going to have a show on the Autism Channel showing all of that. You'll see David's gorgeous face on there. So it's really developed. And then I needed someone to translate and help me edit cost-effectively. So I invited David to fly here and stay in my home and help me with the project. And he's definitely doing it out of his heart because I just don't have a lot of cash. So I want to first extend my gratitude to you, David, for coming, for connecting me with all the people that you connected me with and for supporting this project so much. So thank you. You're welcome. You're welcome. Ah, wonderful. Um, And so... Without further ado, we're going to get to the topic. We're going to talk about decorating. So yesterday I was driving. We'd gone and got groceries, and I was driving with David, and we were looking at the lights and all that stuff. And I thought, wow, let's do a radio show about that, because he told me how he felt when he came last year and saw it for the first time. So let's talk about that a little bit, okay, David? All right. Okay, so when you came last year and you saw how we decorate for the holidays. What did you think? Tell us about your experience. Uh, first of all, it was uh, very, very shocking to me to see because I came on December 3rd. Uh, actually, I came in on December 4th. That's when I came into Los Angeles. And then, um, you know, as I was, uh, you know, being driven around, you know, in the city and then in the suburbs, I could see, a lot of lights, you know, in the houses, in the trees, on the streets and everywhere. So I was concerned. I'm like, what is going on? Christmas is not yet here. Are these people crazy? Because, <laughs> <laughs> because I mean, it's December 4th, you know, just started the month and then Christmas everywhere. So for me, it was something new that I had never seen. Actually, I didn't take it as Christmas at first. I thought there was some kind of celebrations going on because uh, way back, I mean, back in my country, the way we do it is that uh, we decorate Christmas on Christmas Day or the day before Christmas, and we don't do it on the streets. But um, we do What do you mean you don't do it in the streets? Where do you decorate? In the house. Inside the house. That's where we put, we put up a small Christmas tree and small lights, and that's it. Yeah. And and do you it's it's Christmas you celebrate. You don't celebrate Hanukkah or any of those. Tell me about your culture. Is is there a lot of are there a lot of different cultures? Is everyone Christian? What's uh, what's your country like? Um are you talking about our religion wise? Well, tell me
Christmas, do you, is everyone Christian in Uganda? What, what's the predominant religion there? Uh, Christianity is uh, predominant. We have a small Muslim um, percentage and then traditionalists, which is, uh, you know, um, I won't call it witchcraft because it's not really witchcraft, but it's a traditional kind of worship. You see, Christianity was brought by the white man in our country. And then Islam was brought by, you know, people from the Middle East. So in between Christianity, before Christianity and Islam, we had a traditional way of worship. So we still have that as well. And that uh, counts like uh, 5% of belief system in Uganda. So 90% we are Christ- uh, 80% is Christian, then at least 15% is Islam. So Christmas is actually celebrated universally in Uganda. Everybody celebrates Christmas. Even Muslims celebrate. Oh, that's interesting. Celebrate. Really? Yes, so there's not it, like an argument amongst religions to celebrate Christmas with? Not exactly, because this is a big day. Um, you know, business booms. Everybody's happy. Everybody wants to be with family, Muslims, traditionalists, Christians everywhere. So if they're a traditionalist, how do they celebrate Christmas? Um, you know, they don't go to church, but they recognize the day. And, uh, you know, they cook food, you know, invite family members. You know, they do some decorations as well. If they've not been going out, you know, for parties, they go out for parties. Actually, Christmas, the way it's celebrated in Uganda is, uh, you know, when you have a big meal at lunchtime, in the evening, you don't stay in the house. You go to the movies. You go to the theater to watch, you know, play, to watch, you know. You know, you just go out to the beach. That's our Christmas day because it's, it's always hot. It's not snowing, you know, like in some parts, some parts of America. Okay, but wait a minute. I've been to Uganda, and I, at least where I was, I cannot imagine there being theater for one thing. <laughs> Certainly a play, I can't imagine. So can you, like, you mean like in a big, see it? It's hard for me to believe. Nobody had that kind of money, and I didn't see that kind of infrastructure. So let's say someone like the woman who we were working with, Millie, and her family, what would she do? Would she go to a play or something? Yes, she would go. Let me give you an example. She would go to to a movie theater. Now, movie theater in Uganda is not the way you see the movie theater in the United States, the, the movie theaters in the United States. We have, you know, we have movie theaters, you know, that kind of match the standards of here, but we have like two or three. Then those ones are for the super rich people, you know, people who can afford them, the middle class. Then we have the movie theaters that people like that lady on the show can afford to go to. And for those ones, the, a movie will cost you um, less than quarter a dollar, you know, to go sit and watch, oh, okay. in, you know, in that kind of movie theater. Yes, exactly. Okay, so I, yeah, I, okay, so that's doable. So here's another question. So Millie has a daughter who's got some of those high-functioning autism traits where the child is really hard to control in public places and that sort of thing. Now she's much better now, but let's say a year ago. Um, what would have happened if Millie took her to one of your theaters? Would it have been a problem? Would the people have embraced Triska's behavior, or would she have had to leave? Um, first of all, 
people would not embrace her. You know, because for us in Uganda, we, you know, such kind of conditions, we might see them as witchcraft, you know, as something funny. If the kid does something funny, you know, somebody can laugh at her. So if she went to a theater with such a kid a year ago, I mean, people would laugh. You know, some people wouldn't want to sit near them because they, you know, they think maybe, you know, they don't want to have body contact or maybe it's very, you know, uncomfortable to sit with such a kid. So really, you would find it very hard for anybody to embrace Millie and her child. Um, so do they have any kind in Uganda do, for, for a situation like that, since they seem to think it, very often think it's a curse or a type of witchcraft, do they also have uh, traditional medicine people that might be able to try and lift the curse? Yes, exactly. Those ones are very many, but uh, they, are, they actually do not, they cannot cure anything like that because what they do is they lie to people like Millie that we can, take, we can heal your child. Actually, actually, most kids with such conditions, they first go to the witch doctors. The witch doctors are the traditional doctors. But, you know, you know the way they ask for them for money, then some of them ask for blood, you know, human blood, you know, just to heal such a child. And, you know, it never works out. So that's right. the way it is. Right. I did a show, David, called Targeting Autism, and it sounds like it's universal regardless of the country. We don't necessarily do it with witch doctors and that sort of thing. But an awful lot of people, we, we have a term, and I don't know if this is one you're used to, uh, we say they're selling snake oil. Do you know this term? No, no, never had okay. it. Okay, well, what it means is, you know, because autism has become so high profile in the media and there's such a large number of children in our world becoming autistic, we have an awful lot of charlatans or folks trying to sell to them and make money off the condition, similar to what you're talking about, only they might be selling a, you know, a, a pill that's got nothing good in it but <laughs> instead of asking for blood they're asking for money which is like asking for blood sometimes okay so anyway so we do have some similarities and some differences um let's get back to christmas so you decorate your home and what would be a traditional meal i uh, see Oh, actually, wait, 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 I have to, I have to, it's, we're in the middle of the show, so I have to tell everyone, you are listening to A New Spin on Autism Answers. I'm Lynette Louise, your story teacher host, and we are speaking with David Kabogaza. Yes, you got it right. Oh, good. From Uganda. Stay to the end of the show where we'll have stories from the road. Although Uganda's a Nothing really beats Uganda for representing stories from the road. Uh, but I'll add another one at the end. And, of course, there's OK, OK, the great guest giveaway, and it's from me today. All right, David. So we were going to go back to the subject of what your, you know, Christmas and how you celebrate it. What's your traditional meal? Um, one is, uh, I don't know whether you call it chicken. Um, I think you know what I'm, what I'm talking about when I say you, chicken. You, you say hen, right? Yeah, hen, yeah. It's, okay. it's number one. It's okay. number one. That is, if you don't eat chicken on Christmas, you're cursed. I mean, you, you, you shouldn't even be living because that is number one. You have to eat chicken. Number two, you have to eat steak, which is meat. 
Those yeah. two things have to be on the dish on Christmas. And number three, you, you must have rice on the menu. Irrespective of what, rice is the number one food on the menu on Christmas Day. So you don't and have then, matoki? Yeah, matoke too. But, you know, rice is prestigious, so it has to be there. Then matoke too has to be there. So it's matoke, rice, uh, chicken, and steak. Those we know about foods, all those foods, but nobody knows what matoki is. So tell them what matoki is. Um, I've seen here, I've seen, uh, you know, sweet bananas. Okay, I've seen bananas here. So the bananas are what we call matoke, but, uh, you know, we don't eat them ripe. They are, you know, kind of young, not already ripe. So those are what we call bananas. Those are what we call matoke. The bananas are matoke. And just to help people, I'm going to describe what it tasted like. Uh, sometimes it was sweet, but usually not. It just sort of tastes like a dry potato, and they put uh, a, sort of a meat juice on as well. Um, okay, go on. So tell us a little bit more about your Christmas. Do you exchange gifts? Um, no. We actually don't do that. But, you know, there are some families which are kind of westernized, they kind of copy the Western style of doing things. And yes, they do exchange gifts. But if I'm talking about culture in Uganda, no, we don't exchange gifts. What do you do? Just eat and laugh and have a wonderful time without yeah, the exactly. of buying gifts? What a great yeah. idea. <laughs> yeah, you just eat after eating, go to the movies, go to the beach, um, you know, go visit friends, go out, do anything. Yeah, that's it. Now, you're a religious man, so do you also go to church and do you watch the nativity scene? Uh, do you have that sort of thing going on or do you just stay with family on Christmas Day? Oh, my God. Oh, my God. I had left out something very, very, very important to our Christmas celebration. Every person in Uganda, so long as they are Christian, in the morning, it's church. Now, we have a lot of people who never visit church the whole year, but Christmas, they'll never miss. Christmas, we got those too. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So Christmas is church. First time in the morning, everybody goes to church. Everybody has to go to church because uh, normally there are you know, two, three services on Sunday. So the first bunch in a family can go to the first service while the, you know, the rest of the family stay home to cook. Then when these ones come back, then the ones who stayed at home cooking, then they go to church. Yeah. Wonderful. Would someone like Millie be able to have, um, go to church, and would she have a tree, or would it just be the meal and the movies? What do you think? I believe Millie can go, goes to church on Christmas, because Millie's Christian, and uh, because we believe in Uganda that if you don't go to church on Christmas, you're going to be cast. So, so would they I be believe, afraid of Triska? Would they think she was cursed when you're in the Christian environment, or would that belief be lifted? Uh, actually, church, you know, you know, people tend to change the way they approach certain issues and certain individuals. So she will be accepted in church. She will not, you know, be stigmatized. That's awesome. That's very cool. Okay, so I am going to put you on the spot before I say goodbye to you, and thank you for doing this. I want to hear you, this boy, this man, sorry, this man has a wonderful voice. Sing a small piece of your favorite Christmas song. 
If you oh. have one that's in your in your language, that would be wonderful. If you don't, English is fine. Okay. Um. Yeah, I gotta think about a song right now. That's all right. Um, I can edit out your thinking. Okay. Hold up. Um. Okay. There we go. <clears throat> Mary, did you know? And let's go, baby boy. Well, one day serve our daughters. Mary, did you know? Not your baby boy. Well, one day serve the world. Mary, did you know? Mary, did you know? And not your baby boy. Well, one day serve our daughters. Mary, did you know? Mm-hmm, your baby boy will one day have well. did you know that your baby boy will one day walk on water? Mary, did you know oh, that your baby boy will one day have well? Everything you know that your baby boy will one day stand. Yeah, that's it. <laughs> that was awesome. Thank, Thank you. you. That was awesome. All right. Well, I don't think you can top that except by speaking your native tongue. So I'm in it at the very end of a guest time with me. I always say, go ahead and share something that you think will be inspirational or helpful for the families that are listening. Now, these families um, deal with the similar things that Millie was dealing with, you know, the ostracization and, you know, being rejected by society, being treated as if um, their children are contagious in some way or it's their fault. So when you think about, no matter what culture or what country, when you think about that, what you've seen and what you've learned from working on this show, for example, um, what would be something that you think that you could share with the people or tell them that might be uplifting or inspirational for them? Say it in English and then say it in Luganda, and then that'll be it. Okay. Um, actually, I don't you know, have much to say, but, you know, um, what I have to tell you is that uh, trust God, believe in God, believe in Jesus, and, um, you know, he'll get you there and your kids will be fine. And then, um, you know, in Luganda, Njagala kugamba ulimuntie na ina uligiza, nti okwesiga mukama, kuonyeze wa kwa mwe kujokuva, ila ulichimuchi jia kutelida singa ulichimuchi kuasa yesu. Yes, that's it. Webelinho. Oh, Webelixima. Okay. All right. Thank you so much for being here. I really appreciated it. You're welcome. Wow. That was David from Uganda. He's become a really great friend, and I did not tell him he was going to have to sing, so what a trooper. Um, What a beautiful voice. All right, folks. Here it is. I have a book. And I think it's really wonderful. I think it helps a lot. And I talked about and talked to a woman who I partnered with a while ago, and she created a gift basket for moms. And her, her company is called Baskets and Beyond. Well, we 
I put it up on my Facebook page again recently because Christmas is coming to remind folks that they could buy that for their sister or their wife or whoever. It's got beautiful things in it for sort of sit back and have a bath, a bubble bath, a candle, you know, that kind of thing, and, and the book. And I got some comments on there, and a couple of people said, I wish I could afford this. Well, you can if you listen to this podcast, because I'm going to give away three. Actually, I'm not going to give them away because they're not mine to give away. I'm going to buy them, even though my book's in it. I'm going to buy three of them and give them away. So if you would like to have this wonderful basket that's got these, you know, bath lotions and bath gels, I'm not sure what all's in it. Go to Baskets and Beyond and look at it online and see if you want it. And if you want it, then email me. And if you're one of the first three people to ask for it, I will send you a basket, and it's got my book, and it's wonderful, and it's a great gift. So please take advantage of this. If you don't have the money, grab onto this and let me do it for you, okay? So it's Mom Forevermore, to get a hold of me. Mom, like your mom or your dad, M-O-M. And then the number four, not the word four, and then Evermore, E-V-E-R-M-O-R-E, at Juno.com. That's how you get a hold of me. So today I was the okay, 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 great guest giveaway. And personally, I think you're all great guests, and I wish I could give you all one of these, but I can't. So the first three that decide to give me an email get it for Christmas. So I hope that, uh, I hope that you take advantage of that because it's really a beautiful product. Um, just the whole presentation of it. And now it is time for Story. to tell stories, I call it stories from the road, because I like to tell stories about all the different families that I work with all over the world. But I also like to tell stories from my life and my situation as I was raising the kids. And today is one of those. So my favorite Christmas decorating time, it actually led to, I'll put a link on, on the website for this, it actually led to me writing some tips to people and helping other people um, have a more fun Christmas. So uh, my favorite was the year that all the Christmas ornaments were lost. So I moved from one location to another, and yes, it was because the neighbors didn't like me. <laughs> in fact, the neighbor punched me in the nose, and the police got involved because we're living in the ghetto, and we moved to a nice place. But it was so nice that they were afraid my kids would wreck it, so they kicked us out. Yeah, I did this too, guys. <laughs> so Anyway, we'd found this beautiful big old house in a nice neighborhood with two acres um, yard. It was just tremendous. And we were settled in, and I got time to decorate, and I couldn't find any decorations anywhere. I had no money. I had no way to decorate a tree. So I go in this backyard, and I cut down a tree from hoping that the landlord's not looking. I just picked a little one, and I brought it in the house. And I set it up, and I'm like, okay, so I've got a tree. Now what? And I just said to everyone, this is found item year. Everybody, find items. And we ran around the house 
getting all kinds. We had can openers hanging from the tree, lots of string hanging from the tree. We had unmentionables hanging from the tree. We had pantyhose wrapped around the tree. We, it was so fun, and it was so much everybody's tree. It was everybody's tree. Every single member of the family, that's eight kids, brought things to this tree, not stuff that they made at school hand over hand because someone else thought it wasn't pretty enough, but literally their favorite STEM toy or their favorite joke or their, you know, we, you know, this was the most interesting tree. And it became the talk of the friends and the talk of the town for the year. We decorated the whole house this way. It started out just a tree, and it turned into more. And I think maybe the kids didn't appreciate it nearly as much as me. Now, admittedly, it meant I didn't have to spend money. But it was more than that. Every night when the kids went to sleep, hopefully, and I mean it, hopefully, (laughs) I'd sit down and I'd look at this tree. And no matter where my eyes landed on the tree, I saw one of my children. I literally have never been more moved by Christmas than that Christmas. It was a truly blessed year. Um, I was that broke. I had sunk everything into moving into a neighborhood I hoped would accept us. And, um, you know, I was really scrambling on Christmas Eve, and I went to all of the little places where they gave it free at the last minute and got the ugliest things and you know I have stories about how the kids felt about some of the gifts but we won't go there because that's the next day on Christmas Eve I ran around getting a lot of things free and putting my name in and putting my name into these different things and um, hoping that we would would get some actual nice gifts the next day but at least I got some free stuff to put under the tree, and it all looked gorgeous in a very homemade ramshackle sort of way. And I sat there looking at the representations of the kids on the tree, and I cried a little bit. I was a little afraid that they wouldn't like what I brought them. And to tell you the truth, a couple of kids were traumatized by a couple of the gifts. But then my name had been put in as i said i was putting my name into these things then someone comes to the door i open the door and person after person after person enters my house with armloads of of stuff we'd won some kind of raffle for christmas we were the surprise family somebody else had put our name in actually for that and i i cried a different kind of tear on christmas morning it was the most wonderful, most blessed years. So don't get down. Don't get the holiday blues. And when you decorate, remember, you're decorating for your family. Don't put stuff up. You're going to have to yell at them not to touch and, and worry that they're going to cut their feet because they break the ornaments. Put stuff on the tree and in the house that they're going to be able to pull off the tree and stim with. And you're all going to laugh and play music if they like music. Just remember what. Christmas is about. No matter what your religion, no matter what your culture, no matter where you're from, Christmas is about loving and family. It's about having fun. It's about remembering who we really are. Okay? My name is Lynette Louise. You've been listening to a new spin on autism, Answers. I'm your story teacher host, and thank you for listening to me. 
Because without you, I would just be talking to myself. Thank you for joining the show today. Lynette is the author of the refreshingly honest and at times hilarious new book, Miracles Are Made, A Real-Life Guide to Autism. You can purchase this and other materials by looking on the webtalkradio.net website and clicking on the covers. You can also click through to her Facebook page and check out any show you may have missed by looking in the archives. We'll see you soon for another edition of a new spin on autism. Answers. Spinning in circles and talking to myself. Spinning in circles and talking to myself. Spinning in circles and talking to myself. I can't hear you.